Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I am your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have a guest on with me, Shannon Schottler, and she is actually local with me here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, and I have known Shannon now for um, probably almost four years. So Shannon is a certified transitions and leadership coach, and um, I'm super excited to introduce you to Shannon. So uh, first, let's just say hi, Shannon. Hey, great to be with you. Yeah. So this, um, I'm going to start now. So everyone who's listening, who's maybe listened before, we're going to start each um, interview episode with a quick little rapid fire questions since I don't have the pre-recorded um, introduction section anymore. And I want you to get to know who I'm chatting with today on a deeper level and just some kind of fun questions about them. So if you're up for it, Shannon, are you ready? I am so up for it and like eagerly just waiting with anticipation on what these questions are going to be. I know, right? What is she coming up with? (laughs) This is great. This is like my favorite game to play. So (laughs) truly, I'm in heaven right now. I love it. Okay. Well, my first question is city or country? Ooh. I know. You just get straight to it. Um, I'm going to say country. You know I grew up on a farm and we we share that in common. So I'm going to have to say country, yeah. But I live in the city. That's why I had to ask because I figured might have some commonalities there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yoga or strength training? Ah, yoga for this season of life. Mm -hmm. Coffee or tea? Tea. Favorite thing about being a foster mom? Ooh. Oh, what a great question. Honestly, all the wonderful people that I get to meet. I have met so many beautiful human beings through foster care, both in the social workers that work in the system um, judges, lawyers, and other foster parents. There's just lovely human beings in the world. Mm. And now what is your favorite thing about being a coach? Mm, Getting to be a part of people's transformations, um, getting up to be a part of their journey from who they are today to who they want to be. I love that. And that was easy. See, that concluded my little rapid fire. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So I want to now kind of dive a little bit deeper into who Shannon is. And first, I know that you've transitioned, um, gosh, probably a couple years ago out of your corporate job and now into running your own business. So I want to hear a little bit about um, what inspired that and um, any insight you can give any of the listeners on that transition. Yeah, it's so funny you say that, Andrea. So maybe we should just operate under full disclosure that Andrea was my trainer maybe four years ago now. Right after I had Jalen, you were the very first client I took took on after Jalen was born. Yeah, I remember that. Um, And I remember us having conversation in training sessions about me being unhappy and wanting to find a different path forward and not really sure what that looks like. And I can vividly remember being on the floor in my dining room, like (laughs) doing planks or something and you, and telling you I quit my job. Um, So it's fun to come full circle in this moment. Yeah. So I left the corporate life behind. It'll be three years ago in October and I left without a plan. Um, I'm not saying that everyone out there has to do that. I don't know if that's the way that I would advise it being done. Uh, but it was what was right for me in that moment. Uh, and at the time, I certainly didn't know that coaching would be my calling. I had gotten some insight into the field of coaching through my work. I was last at Target Corporation. They were really invested in helping leaders of teams become better coaches because coaching and managing are two very different 
topics mm-hmm. I've learned. Um, and so I, I would say it piqued my curiosity. And within a month of leaving Target, I was coaching <laughs> on my <laughs> on my own. I missed that type of interaction with my own team every day. Mm-hmm. And so it started out with some experimentation, right? Just putting a post in a Target peer network on Facebook <laughs> one day. Uh, asking if anyone would let me experiment and begin to coach and through there really discerning that this was my passion and this was my future and what I wanted to dedicate um, the next chapter of my life to in addition to some other things like foster care Uh, and here I am three years later Mm. giving it a full full go which is Mm. crazy to believe. (laughs) I love that I love that and I know one of the things that you said um, you said like you just knew that it was time to leave and I think people hear that and they don't always like what does that mean, I guess, to you? And I know everyone's, I just know is going to mean and look a little different, but if people are kind of like, you know, having that voice in their head saying, gosh, I just know it's time to leave, mm-hmm. um, any insight or any helpful tips to maybe help them get over that hurdle. Cause I think that is the hurdle of like, you didn't know exactly what it was going to look like after that. And, um, you know, that's, that's a tricky spot to be in. Mm-hmm. So tips to get over the hurdle or tips to recognize when it's time to leave? I would say maybe a little of both. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I think some signs for, for me and that journey of knowing that it was time to leave was that I didn't really have any runway left. I was struggling to articulate the vision of what I wanted next. And it's a story that I've told before um, on Instagram but I had killed it on this project, presented to the CEO of Target Corporation and the entire executive team. And I remember being pulled into my boss's office after because it had gone so well and basically being given like a permission slip to say like, what do you want to do next? Write the job description. Mm. And I completely froze. Uh, I had no clue what I wanted to do next. I had achieved all that I had ever hoped to achieve Mm. at Target, so to speak. I wanted to lead teams and I had gotten the great privilege to do that. And that was the moment, I would say, where I knew that that was the beginning of the end. And within six months, I was exiting Mm. from that moment. So I think signs and symptoms would be, it's really tough for you to envision what the future might be, where you are anymore. It's a huge dead giveaway that something's got to change. And that you might be stuck in what I would call the doldrums season of life a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I just made aha moments all over my own self. I was like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. I, I've, I can see that. Like even running your own business and how it transitions from one thing to another. Yeah. Like that, I mean, it applies to so many different areas of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the first sign for me. And then in terms of, okay, but how do you get there? How do you get from that moment <laughs> of awareness or the moment of maybe the first inkling, like, ooh, it's time for me to make some changes here to the moment of action this is going to sound self-serving and I promise it's not, but through the support of a coach. So I worked with a coach in that season of life and I worked with a therapist to start to figure out what might come next for me. Um, And that helped me build the courage to decide it was time to pull the ripcord. And then ongoing coaching work is what helped me and ongoing reflective work, truly taking myself on dates to coffee shops and whatnot was what helped me really get clear on what the next chapter might look like. Mm. And when people are like, when you said like a coach, if people have never worked with a coach, cause I don't think I've ever heard of coaching until I got into running my own business. Mm. Um, 
And I still probably don't know like what type of coach, like I've invested in coaches where I didn't really realize that, oh, there's mindset, there's, um, you know, more strategy and there's all different types of coaches. If someone's just kind of like, okay, when you say coach, should I be just looking for anyone who's a coach or is there specific things that people may be transitioning from, you know, a corporate to a, you know, running your own business or, you know, even if they're, maybe if they're a stay-at-home mom, they're like, can I benefit from having a coach? Like who can benefit maybe? Great question. And one that I am very passionate about having really immersed myself in this field. I have some biases here. So I want to say that on the front end, I would say, look for a certified coach. Um, Mm. There is a lot of people out here on the internet and in the industry who call themselves a coach and, and I mean this with a lot of love because the work that they do in the, in the world matters and is important too, but I might classify their work as more of a teacher or a consultant. Mm. Those are two very different things, teaching, consulting versus coaching. Um, and I actually have an FAQ page on my website to outline what the differences of those are. A coach's role, as I've learned through my own process of getting certified and whatnot and really embracing the field, it's about in my opinion, leading from behind. Mm. I am so passionate about helping women learn to trust themselves a little bit more, even in these career transitions that we might be making. And a part of that is letting go of these old ideals of needing a mentor, needing somebody to tell you what to do and where to be that we're used to living with in life, and instead moving into a space where you can really declare it. And so as a coach, I really try to serve my clients in that leading from behind mentality of sitting slightly behind or to the side and just offering up a mirror in moments where it's critical to them to say, Hey, here's what I'm seeing. Uh, and, and how I describe it to clients sometimes is me really trying to act as a student of you to help you become a better student of yourself mm. and embracing Gosh, I that. love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's not about me telling you what to do or the exact steps to take. Uh, There is a process, certainly, in the coaching relationship, but it's one that you get to play a role in here, right? We co-create together. I am not some magical wizardry that (laughs) can wave a magic wand and tell you, oh, here's exactly what you need to do and the timeline to do it in. No, no, no. Um, That would be doing you a tremendous disservice if I did that, because that means that we are totally setting aside all of the immense amount of wisdom and knowledge that you have on yourself to know what might be best for you, what might work for you and what might not. Um, So my role as coach is really giving you a space to do that reflective work, to build the awareness of how you might get from where you are to where you want to be in like the simplest way. Mm, I love that. And that's, I mean, you can see, I guess everyone who's listening, if you're familiar with you know, some of the work that I practice, why I wanted Shannon on as a guest, because we have very similar viewpoints. And I view that same way in the wellness space as, you know, having you be empowered to make your own decisions rather than looking to me and being like, well, where should I feel this? You know, it's kind of that same premise as, well, where do you? And, you know, turning it back on, you know, the person and not just being like, I am the end all, know all, be all of the situation when that's not the case. You should be of yourself. So I love that. Yeah. So I want to kind of transition into our kind of seasonal topic. Um, And this is also something I'm super excited to chat with you about and just dive deeper into. But 
talking about the cycle of renewal. So I want to know a little bit about for anyone, you know, who's listening is like, wow, what is this cycle of renewal? Can you kind of break it down for us in, um, you know, kind of simple terms, what it is, and we'll kind of start there. Yeah, absolutely. So the cycle of renewal is a concept that I learned about at the, at the Hudson Institute, where I got my coach certification through developed by Dr. Frederick Hudson. And it really breaks down the adult journey, if you will, into four phases that we might go through, similar to the seasons, if you will. So each phase, I'll kind of tick through them really quickly for the sake of just teeing up our conversation. The first phase is what we'd call go for it, right? The wind is in full bloom. You are clear, you have a vision, and you are just all about executing that vision every day. I'm sure everyone out there can relate or has had a season of life where they've been in that space. But that space doesn't always last forever, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And of course, when we're in that go for it phase, we want it to extend as much as we can. But inevitably, we're going to hit a point that we call the doldrums, the next phase and the cycle of renewal. And I don't know if you've ever sailed before, Andrea. (laughs) I have not. No, I I haven't either. So this is actually a sailing term I've learned, um, which is implying that there is no wind and you're trying to sail. And it is really tough to be in the doldrums where you're trying to keep sailing, but there's just no wind left for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, That moment that I described earlier at Target where I said, I just ran out of vision. Like There was just no other runway left for me that I wanted to go down there. That's the doldrums in a nutshell. So you're feeling angry, defeated, um, maybe just like sad. I've worked with clients who've been in the same role for 18 years and they're just ready for something different. Um, And then when we get out of that doldrums phase, we might go into the third phase, which is called cocooning. So that's really going inward to to the hull of your ship, if you will, Mm -hmm. and taking stock of what you want to hang on to, what you're ready to let go of, um, and really doing that reflective work as you begin to imagine what the next chapter of your life might look like. And once you've got some sense of where you might be going or where you might want to be heading next, then we move into the fourth phase of getting ready. So this one, the best way they can describe it is it's about right-sizing the puzzle pieces of your life. So cocooning, you've identified, okay, what elements do I want maybe in my next life or my next, my next life, my next chapter of life. <laughs> and getting ready is about experimentation to, to, to play a little bit and determine the size of the puzzle piece. So for example, when I left Target and entered coaching, I didn't know if I wanted coaching to be my next full-time job or if it was just going to be this hobby for a little while. So experimenting and giving yourself permission to play with that a little bit in that phase. And also maybe it is going back to school um, learning the new skills that you need to learn to get on with whatever chapter. And it does it includes more than career, right? So this is also, when we think about coaching, we think about the whole person, or at least I do, <laughs> I shouldn't mm-hmm. speak for everybody. Um, and so really taking a holistic view of it, because this can include things like parenthood, right? Like, do how big of a puzzle piece of my life did I want foster care to be or, or not? Um, all elements. So that's the highest level version of the cycle of renewal. Mm. I love that. And if people are listening, um, I guess my first question that kind of pops in about it is, is this something that has to look like that order or can you kind of skip around and skip steps or how does that kind of look when you look at it applying to someone's life? Is it always that those four stages? Great question. There is 
one exception to it. I won't even say exception. Um, but there is a version where you might hit doldrums and decide, you know what? I don't want to go into this full cocooning stuff that this lady's talking about. <laughs> I'm not looking to really upend my life here. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'd be happier if I just switched companies, but maybe mm-hmm. stuck with the same profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we would call a mini transition where you choose to cut across the circle and go from doldrums right back in to go for it. I will say though, inevitably that juice runs out. Okay. And there, that's what there I was will ask. be a moment in your life where you're probably going to need to head into the cocoon. Uh, for some people that might not be until they hit their retirement years or they're preparing for retirement and thinking about what they want the next phase of their life to look like. Um, yeah. But there's, there likely will come a moment in life where you will have to go down to that lower half, if you will, of cocooning and getting ready um, as you prepare for the next chapter. And when we're talking about cocooning, I feel like that could be a phase that can be um, difficult, I guess, to make, not make, because I don't want to say like force people into, but that can be one that I can see as the one that people would want to skip over because that's probably where a lot of the internal work then comes into play in that phase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was the poster child for (laughs) resisting cocooning. I remember uh, working with a coach in that season, and I was adamant that I wasn't getting ready. I was just so sure. No, no, no. I've cocooned. I've done the work. I'm getting ready now. And she just lovingly held space for me and, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, (laughs) and asked questions, the coach would and should to help me come to my own realization that no, the work wasn't done yet. (laughs) So yeah, that one can be tough. Will you be in these for like an equal amount or are these ones that, you know, you might be in the doldrums for a week and then a month in cocooning or does it all have to be like everything is equally a month? No, no, there's no rhyme or reason to it whatsoever. I would, if I look back on my own journey, I would say go for it for me lasted for good how long was I a target? Five, six years mm. of fulfilling time. Doldrums was maybe a year. Um, and cocooning maybe took me a good, a good two. I'm probably on the long end of some of these. Uh, but just to level set expectations and getting ready maybe a little bit quicker. But no, and you they can don't go, And you can go through this multiple times in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So that's what I was like. I can, I feel like I've been through probably all of them and maybe a couple times <laughs> through quite a few of them. So that's where I'm like, okay, I can see this kind of how it shows up. Um, and if you're in a phase, what are some benefits to kind of knowing where you're at? Oh yeah. Uh, I would say there, well, first there's just the benefit of like, um, what's the word? Like acceptance, like, mm. oh, this is a thing that other people go through. Uh, every time that I talk about the cycle of renewal with a new client and invite them to reflect on it and share their thoughts on where they might be, it's like light bulbs go off for people to be able to have words for how they might be feeling in their life right now. So to be able to articulate, oh yeah, I'm in the doldrums. There's just this freeing sense of being able to identify with like a a group of people, if you will, (laughs) that may or may not be going through or experiencing similar things in life. Because I, I think oftentimes and my whole passion around the cycle of renewal comes from the, in our society, we really taught that like, there's just this path and you're supposed to keep going up and up and up. And if you're not going up, something must be wrong. And the cycle of renewal invites us into another way of thinking about 
the journey of life and what it might look like and that the secular version of life is is okay too. Mm-hmm. It's quite normal actually. And so if someone's kind of listening and they're like, oh gosh, I feel like, um, you know, I'm in the doldrums. What are some like, you know, basic tips for them to do while they might be in that phase? Is there, is that the time to start the internal work or just to kind of be in it? No, um, I wouldn't say that that's an internal work phase. I mean, I'm, I'm, I love it when clients want to do internal work at any phase, but doldrums, I really think of the work with clients of mine who are in the doldrums as getting them out of victim mindset. Okay. Oftentimes, like if we're, if we're really honest, if you're really still in the doldrums, you're still pretty ticked off about the way things <laughs> might have gone down in your life. Um, and so the work there is to really support you in seeing choice, that you do have choice here and you don't have to stay here in this windless place. Mm-hmm. You can choose to begin visioning and crafting a different space for yourself and for your future. Uh, so helping them and helping you, if you're in the doldrums, helping you yourself see that there is choice and begin to identify the ways forward. And also at the tail end of doldrums, grieving. There's some grief involved, right? Like you're letting go of a way of life and a way of being that's maybe meant a whole lot to you and got you through maybe a good five years of go for it phase, as I described earlier with my experience at Target. Um, and, and that can take some work too, to really give yourself permission to grieve and let go of what was so that you can begin to embrace cocooning and what will be. And that's a phase, like any of these phases, you can't necessarily force your way out of, correct? Yeah, I mean, you can sure try. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I feel like. I, mean, I can see people trying, but because I know I have. Oh, yeah. Me and too. it just never quite, it, I mean, you don't get there. Like, I just feel like you maybe for a week, you're like, oh yeah, I'm in the next phase. And then I feel like, no, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. The only phase where I can think of some really forced endings truly is go for it. Like if someone were to experience a layoff, mm-hmm. that might create a forced entry into doldrums, if you will, um, or something of that like. Mm-hmm. But that I find sense. that if you force it, uh you'll inevitably be incomplete, if you will. You know, like you're inevitably going to have to go back and do that work at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whether no. you want to or not, like it's going to show up. So if you force yourself into getting ready, uh, you might start learning about something and then get into it and think, oh, no, shoot, this isn't at all what I thought I wanted and what it might be. And then you're going to end up sloshing, as we say, sloshing back to cocoon. Uh, and that's okay. That's, that's normal too. Like we're going to slosh around a little bit. I think about it as a clock phase, right? And three o'clock between doldrums and cocooning. Yeah. That's a place that people slosh a little while. And mm-hmm. then between cocooning and getting ready, that's another slosher zone, if you will, <laughs> six o'clock. So in cocooning, is there work that people that you normally have people do? Is this like a journal when they think of cocooning or is this like time that you develop depending on each client for how to, you know, go into that cocooning phase? Yeah. Uh, So I really, again, this goes back to my coaching philosophy of being a student of you and making sure that we're co-creating here. I don't prescribe anything, right? It's not like I'm like, here's the medicine you need to take for this phase (laughs) that you're in. Uh, I might invite, I might offer a thought or an observation, but it is at the end of the day, it's up to the client to decide the pace and the depth of their work. Mm. 
So with cocooning, certainly reflective practices are critical, right? So whether that comes in the form of how it came for me, and I think how it comes for a fair amount of clients, of taking up a journaling practice, doing some reading. I remember reading so many books in that phase and actually really forcing myself to actually journal on the questions that that book was asking of me instead of just skipping over them. Um, I remember making a list of coffee shops around the Minneapolis-St. Paul area that I wanted to try and making a list of like almost the table of contents of questions that I felt like I needed to answer in my soul, (laughs) truly. And taking myself to those places. I even had a playlist I was of that would like put me in that cocooning headspace and take myself on a date once a week for an hour or two and journal on those questions that I really needed to have answered. I've had other clients who might operate a little bit differently and for them it might look like taking a partner in reflection. Uh, obviously it's in the form of a coach you have that but also partners in your life you know who are those core group of friends that you can have around you. Uh, And I had this myself of what I called my clearness committee, Mm -hmm. who I could count on to ask me the tough questions Mm -hmm. uh, and not provide answers, (laughs) not try to solve, solve me as if I were a problem to be solved, but more like if I would come to them and say, Hey, I'm thinking about applying for this job or Hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing that they would just lovingly ask questions of me Mm -hmm. to make sure that I was living in alignment with my truth, my values, the life that I was trying to create moving forward. Mm, I love that. Um, and I, I like that you did all of those, um, you know, just taking yourself to the coffee shops. And I love that the table of contents of questions for yourself. I mean, that, that is such a great idea and um, so needed, I think at that time and so hard to, you know, sometimes do and sit down. And I think the idea of taking yourself out of your space, that can really help people too. Cause I know when I get away Sometimes you're like, oh, I have no responsibility besides just sitting here at the shop. I can't think about, you know, cleaning the house, doing another load of laundry, or if you have kiddos, you know, shooing them out of the office so you can do this deep work. So um, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah. And sabbatical isn't an option for everybody, right? And I don't want anybody to think that it has to look that way. You can cocoon and still be working. Yeah. Uh, It's just about carving out uh, that space. physical space for yourself, uh, time space for yourself. And it can be as little as just like an hour a week or whatever time you can devote to it. Yes. And yes. Challenging yourself to ask those questions. Mm. Now, if someone's in like that getting ready phase, now this is the phase where, um, you know, what are, what are some tips or how are you holding space for people when they're in this phase? Yeah. So that's about, play, I think, and experimentation Mm. and encouraging that within them in their, in their lives. So as they're starting to get uh, a murky, but evolvingly clearer picture of what they might like their next chapter of their life to look like, giving themselves permission to experiment and to say, okay, well, I'm going to play this week with uh, putting a little bit more time or energy into this side hustle that I think I want to bring into my full-time life. Mm. Or I want to play or experiment with uh, volunteering for this nonprofit that I think I might want to work for someday. Mm. Whatever it might be, offering up space and permission for that play and creativity to give you insights to then right-size the puzzle pieces a little bit to say, oh yeah, that felt good or that didn't feel quite good. So I'm going to make that part of my life a little bit smaller and I'm going to blow that part up of the, blow that 
part of my life up to be a little bit bigger in size as you're crafting that picture for the next chapter. Mm. And then the go for it, it's you just basically holding that space for them to go out and do the thing that they've kind of, I guess, came to from the cocooning and the getting ready phase. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I don't think a lot of people see coaching when they're in go for it. (laughs) Uh, Oftentimes my go for it clients are companies who are hiring me to say, Hey, can you support this person who's Mm -hmm. going for it? If you will. Uh, It's not to say that there's no work to be done, but that work looks a lot different. I have a client right now that I'm thinking of who is an entrepreneur and very much in the go for it phase of her life. And it's a lot of holding space on, okay, how's the work coming? (laughs) What do we need to do differently? How do we need to revise? And also a consistent theme and go for it is uh, work-life balance. Mm -hmm. So making sure that they're not burning out unnecessarily quickly because they are just so committed to that vision that they've got right now. Mm. I love that. And one of the things like just even that just kind of popped in my head in that go for it stage is all of my friends who are coaches who have been like through certification and through the process that I know of, um, they ask amazing questions. And so I think that's half the battle, um, is just having someone just ask you the questions that you're not asking yourself or you don't think to like, like an example of this is me doing a yoga class. I'm teaching yoga and I always have people face towards the golf course because I didn't want them to look at the mirrors. Well, the sun was shining in people's eyes. So I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm like, maybe I'll move over here. Maybe this person can move over there. Yeah. And then one of the persons says, why don't you just go to this side of the room? And then the sun isn't in any of our eyes. I'm yeah. like, simple, never even thought of it. And it's just stuff like that where you're like, oh, like that's kind of what I see a coach doing. Like just maybe even just saying, hey, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. And I totally wouldn't have came to there because you were so stuck in this like train tunnel vision that you're like, oh yeah, duh, just shift it a little. Boom. There's the answer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's that leading from behind metaphor again of, you know, I don't want to get in your way. I don't want to get out in front of you and stand in front of that vision, but it is kind of my role to tilt you this way and say, Hey, did we look over there? Or "Mm, what's underneath that rock that I'm seeing? Or what's, what's getting in your way? What are the boulders that you see in front of you? And my God, let me not be one of them. <laughs> some clients are wanting to move at a faster pace than you know, me and myself might be comfortable with. And some clients mm. might think something is a tremendous risk that to me seems like a cakewalk. Mm. So it's definitely making sure not get out in front or get in the way of their vision. Oh, I love that. So um I guess, you know, kind of in conclusion with our cycle of renewal phases, is there any like takeaways or any way, you know, just kind of people from just learning about it today, can they really just take that and, you know, start to implement some of that stuff into their lives, you know, right now from just listening to our episode? Yeah, I think as we walk through each phases, maybe we can just do a quick recap. I think in doldrums, if you feel like you're identifying with that phase of where you are right now, uh, asking yourself the question of what choices are available to me? What are the options that I have here? So that you can begin to discern a little bit. And then maybe asking yourself the question of what do I need to let go of to be able to move forward with any of those choices that I see? So beginning that grieving process a little bit of what you, whatever it is you might be leaving behind. Cocooning. I just love the idea of setting up some coffee dates with yourself. It was really supportive for me. And I know it's been supportive practice for a lot of my clients. 
And even if your first coffee date is simply making a list of those questions that you have to ask for yourself. Um, and then as we approach getting ready, I think, can you name and articulate what you want the puzzle pieces of your life to be like for the next chapter? So for me, I wanted to incorporate a much bigger puzzle piece of social justice, of service into my life. Uh, and I knew coaching was going to be a puzzle piece in my life. So step one, can you articulate what the puzzle piece elements might be of that picture that you're trying to craft? And then uh, playing and listing, what are some experiments that I might try here to bring social justice into my life as an example, or to up the ante on how much of my time and energy I'm giving to coaching and also pay attention on the back end. Some people, um, when we're in this space of coaching, I will tell them uh, we're not, testing to see if you complete the experiment <laughs> that because even if you don't complete the experiment, that's information for us, right? So success is not, did I do it? Success is, are we reflecting after on how it felt, what you learned, what you liked, what you didn't like yeah. about that experiment that you just ran? It's not, did I run it at all? I work with a lot of type A high performer, high achievers, and they just <laughs> want to give them themselves the gold star and say, okay, I did that thing that you told me to do. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're missing the point here. The point is that inner work, the reflective work in all phases of the cycle of renewal to help you build your awareness um, to create the changes that you're seeking. That's something I say all the time. There is no self-awareness without self-reflection um, and there's no change without self-awareness. So making sure that you're taking the time to reflect. I got off, off track there a little bit, but that's getting ready. Uh, and then in Go For It, how do you identify a partner in crime a little bit. I think work-life balance is maybe the one that I'd focus there on the, as the hot tip. If you feel like you're in the go for it phase, who can be your accountability buddy there um, to keep you in check? Um, one of the things that you had just mentioned with the type A, I kind of want to circle back there because I know I have a lot of people who are also fall into that camp or um, maybe the Pitta Dosha for those familiar with Ayurveda. Um, but the celebration and just the taking the time to not just check something off to say it's done, but to actually really do some self-awareness here. Uh, this is kind of like a selfish, selfish question because I would like to know, how do you get people to maybe start to see that? Because this is something that I really try to do but I, I feel like I sometimes struggle to, you know, fully get people to start to become more self-aware. Um, and maybe they are self-aware, but they're just going to choose to ignore it. Mm -hmm. um, like, I obviously, you can't force that transition and that, you know, that, I guess, um, insight for them. But is there any, any tools or anything that you might have or even books <laughs> for people to, out there who might also be type A and they're like, oh, shoot, that's totally me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, so how do we create self-awareness? I, I asked like 20 questions in there. No, so. no, no, no. That was, I, I can relate to all of them from my own journey of like, I mean, I still am definitely type A, high achiever, you know, Enneagram three, all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> and I think what is the most helpful is to incorporate reflection practices into your life. Mm -hmm. People get really intimidated by this. When we talk about it. Uh, and then, and then we'll get to the, the thing that even precedes that, which is mindfulness. Mm -hmm. How do we give yourself some space, no matter what chapter or season you're in? I have women that I'm coaching who are in the go for it phase, executives in high stress jobs, and space for them might look like 
okay, I'm going to experiment with a 55 minute meeting instead of 60 minute meeting. So I have a five minute break at the end to breathe and ask myself, what did I like about what I did in there? What didn't I like about what I did in there? Um, you know, maybe they're working on emotional intelligence as an example. We've got to have the space for a reflective practice, no matter how little it is to start, to actually develop awareness in yourself. Um, and if, well, I hate to even give this as an out because I do think it's valuable when you can do it for yourself. That was a lesson I truly learned the hard way, I think, as an entrepreneur, because when you're in corporate America, you've got all the feedback sources you can around you. <laughs> but when you're slinging it on your own, you've really got to get good at being reflective mm. uh, and self-assessing what you liked and what you didn't like about your work. Um, so the cop out, I would say, if you're like, nope, I don't even have five minutes <laughs> to begin a reflective practice and asking myself even two simple questions, like what am I doing well that I want to acknowledge myself for and what do I want to be changing a little bit, uh, asking and taking a partner to be a mirror for you, whether that is through coaching, but I would say even then our work is going to be limited to the hour that we spend in session to me to just reflect back to you what, what I see. Mm -hmm. um, and, or taking a partner with you that's in your work. Again, not really possible for entrepreneurs unless you've got a, not, not possible for solo entrepreneurs. I'll say that. If you've got a team, certainly you can engage them in a feedback practice. Um, but yeah, we've, we've got to develop that reflection habit. And I think reflection starts with a mindfulness habit, which you got me hooked on four years ago <laughs> with, with meditation. But it doesn't have to be meditation either. It can be committing to, oh my gosh, something that I just savor now is going for a walk or driving in my car and not listening to anything. Mm, me too. That's mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And giving yourself that space to not be consuming and instead just focused on being for a moment. Yes, yes, yes. Um, no, I can relate to all of that. And I think that um, I feel like I'm like not quite as type A as I maybe used to be. Mm -hmm. um, and I've totally let go of that and all of the practices that you had said. I was like, oh, yeah. Like sometimes I forget that, oh, I, I did do some of those things. Those are great tips. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've just gotten more Vata out in my Ayurvedic terms. Mm -hmm. Um, so I need to focus more and bring in some of that Pitta energy, mm -hmm. but, um, that all, those are all great practices and, um, you know, ways to kind of calm that down. I love that you just did that five minutes after, you know, make the meeting 55 minutes, ask yourself those two questions. I think that for me, and just, you know, thinking of clients that I know of offhand who I'm like, okay, I think they would actually be open to doing those things, you know, mm -hmm. rather than starting with, Hey, let's sit down and meditate. And that's yes. kind of where I judge based on who can handle it. You know, I gave you meditation cause I was like, I think Shannon, yeah. enjoy this, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that to some of the other women they train because I know they're not quite there yet. And it, we just, you slowly work to that. And I think that's a great yeah. starting point is, Hey, we don't need to start with the meditation practice, um, we can start with just, Hey, five minutes. What did you like about that meeting? What went well? What didn't? Yeah. And in your role as coach and in my role as coach, if you really do find, if I really do find myself against a client who is just not on the reflective train whatsoever, how can I invite that into session more? Mm. So that might look like me asking more questions, focus on what, uh, what we call immediacy in coaching. 
asking them what is here right now in this moment to help them get in tune with how they're feeling in their body. So asking questions about their physical being uh, and, and how do you feel when you get really angry and bite this employee's head off? <laughs> uh, asking them questions about how they're feeling in that exact moment, just like applying a feeling word to it. And then for sure, inviting reflection at the end of every session. So this is another way that I'll just begin to incorporate the practice of it by simply ending every session with five minutes of reflection. Uh, what are you taking away from our time together today? And based on what you're taking away, what do you want to do in the time between when, now and when we meet again to take those learnings forward? And it just starts to get them percolating a little bit and into that space of actually taking a minute to reflect on literally the 55 minutes that we just spent together. Mm-hmm. I'm like sitting here writing down notes because I was like, oh, great. I totally can incorporate that. Um, and love like just the questions. And I mean, it doesn't take that long. And this can be anyone, even if you want to start your day like that, you can just ask yourself, how do I feel when I start my day? And then at the end of the day, how do I feel at the end of the day? Yeah. Um, and that's a great place to start with just the reflective practice. Yep. So um, I guess kind of a wrap now, Shannon, um, thank you for all of that knowledge. And I do want to say that if you are not following Shannon on this Instagram, you should, because Shannon has so much insight and wisdom and knowledge and every day is like a different theme and I love it. And you always, you always do teaching and polls and you, I mean, it feels so interactive. So highly recommend following her. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. Yeah. I do try to make it value add. I try to create a space for ideation, experimentation, and reflection. I love it. I love it. Um, and then I, I also want to know, because I know you're reading the artist way right now, and I finished that up uh, for the first time earlier this year and absolutely loved it. I want to know some insights that you've gained from, you know, doing the artist way and reading through the book. Ooh, great question. I think I am continuing also as a type A high performer, (laughs) I am continuing to embrace slowness and stillness in my life. Mm -hmm. So I've come a massive loads of way from who I was three years ago. And literally I just got off a call with my coach earlier this morning and I still see room for me to continue growing, to embrace slowness and a slower pace and really surrender to a slower pace in my life. And I think what I appreciate about the artist's way is the practices that encourages to make that happen. So the practice of morning pages, uh, the practice of the creative date with yourself of just giving yourself permission to have some non-productive time to see what comes up. I'm really taking those things with me. Oh my goodness. I need to read that book again. Cause even you just saying non-productive time, I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, I've totally not done that all summer. Cause I was going to continue with it after, is it 12 weeks? I think yep. I was going to continue after it. And then of course I like started for week one and then I dropped off. And I, I really, I think you have to sit and reread it and get right back into it to stay in that state, or at least I do. Again, that's my lack of focus at this moment. Um, but that just reminded me of just like having stuff that you're just, I don't have an agenda. Like I don't need to do, I can just be. Yeah. And that is, oh, that sounds magic to me. So clearly I am going to do that. Another note to self from Shannon's insights today. Um <laughs> Now I want to know where people can connect with you at. So besides Instagram and is Instagram just your name? 
Yep. At Shannon Schottler for Instagram or on my website, shannonschottler.com. I'm keeping it simple with those two channels. <laughs> oh, I love it. And Shannon is not on Facebook, which I also appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I have a deactivated on. profile. So every now and again, I'll reactivate um, just to get birthdays truly. Oh yeah. I, I totally deleted my first one. And so now I have one just so I can run my business page and um, I have friended no one. And so it's kind of, it's a totally different thing. And so it's Facebook doesn't know who I know. And so it hasn't even done friend requests. It knows nothing about me because I filled out nothing. And yeah. the ads that I get are just so random because again, it doesn't know me. Mm -hmm. I've been loving that. And I must say like that, just that, you know, so if you're feeling called to that social media, like maybe, you know, listening into that intuition, you don't have to totally delete it. Like I did deactivate it like Shannon has done and <laughs> checking in there. Yeah. So space for that. Yeah. All right. So Shannon, I always ask one last question. So when I have guests on, I have you guys answer this question. So um, I throw a weekly challenge out to all the listeners. And then when I have a guest on, I have you do the weekly challenge. So what would you like that weekly challenge to be for everyone this week? Ooh, mm -mm -mm. Uh, find 15 minutes for a reflective practice and let it be as simple as two questions. What am I doing well that I want to acknowledge myself for? Uh, and what could I be doing better? I love it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. I've had such a pleasure getting to chat with you today. Same. This is so delightful. What a fun full circle cycle of renewal moment for, for me. Ah, you were the yes. beginning of my last turn in the round. Ah. Well, and for me as well, because I am now like, well, I guess Jalen's only three and a half, but I was totally not in the same headspace I am now as I was yeah. three and a half years ago either. So yes. So thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.